This is the Grace in the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. Rick. And I'm Jordan. So Jordan, you asked a question the other day uh, that I think our listeners would really love to ponder. Yes. So the question, we were talking about food. Um, and so the question I asked is if you, one room in your house, you open it up, open the door, and it's any restaurant that you'd want it to be at your disposal 24-7, 365, what would it be? What about you, Rick? You start. So I've thought about it, like Sam said, since you asked it, and I think I'm going to get judged, so I, I'm going to answer it, but then can I have a minute to qualify what not, my answer is? Because it's, if you're not confident, like I need to go far, and it's not going to be maybe what you think about. All right, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go Outback Steakhouse. Good grief. Okay, but here, here's why I feel like I need to qualify. Like, I recognize that having people cook blooming onions in my house is going to smell like a middle school football locker room all of the time. And and here's the thing. It's not like I wish that there was some deep meaning behind Outback. Like, they have a great variety. Like, the steaks are okay. Like, I've never been mad at an Outback steak. I've never been blown away with an Outback steak. Alice Springs chicken is good, but it's just chicken and That's cheese and bacon. That's my go-to. Yeah, it's my I get go-to. it without the mushrooms. Mushrooms or no? Mushrooms? I like, I like, I like I'm mushrooms. mushroom guy. I'm a mushy guy. But here's here's the thing about Outback that I kept coming back to, and this is very important and I think underappreciated in our world. It's sauce, okay? And I I contend that the bloomin' onion sauce is great and can be used in a variety of different ways, but more importantly than that. No one will ever convince me that Outback Steakhouse doesn't have the best ranch dressing in the world. And I think you can drink ranch dressing as a beverage. Do you feel like he's preaching a sermon <laughs> at us right now? Sorry. Like, I why do I? Your ranch dressing might I be got, becoming an idol. I got like, excited. Well, like, why do I get the feeling that there should be like a response time to what you said? But dude, it's like, like ranch with, something a, else. with a little bit of spice in it. I'm but, not. I mean, I, you do you. I guess for me, which I'm, I'm definitely about to get judged for mine. Um, because I feel like somebody in this room is about to say Chick-fil-A, which is a safe, it's way too safe. We need to go outside the walls. We need to, we need to risk a little bit. Um, but mine, and again, I'm going to, I don't sound confident in mine, but I promise I am. And I have to explain. Do you even like this place? I do. Okay. I love it. Uh, is Cookout. I think I'm going with Cookout solely for two reasons. One, a variety you get quesadilla, you can get a burger, you can get chicken strips, you can get a chicken sandwich, you can get all kinds of things anytime. So really breakfast, lunch, dinner is covered. But then also two, uh, two things that aren't talked about enough, in my opinion, milkshakes, the varieties of milkshakes that you could have there. But then also this is the one that gets slept on the most, cheesecake. If you've never had the New York style cheesecake from Cookout, you're missing out. You, this is the first time that I've ever known that Cookout has cheesecake. They as do, an option. and so because of that, one, if if you know about it, comment, let it, let the people know about it. But if you don't, check it out because it is good. Also, I need you to recognize that you've picked a restaurant that does not have four healthy things on the entire. Oh menu. no, absolutely not. Unless you get like a lettuce wrap, but who's doing that? Hmm. Also, the other issue. So, like, you have the variety. Um, but honestly, any time before 9 p.m., because I used to eat this place all the time in college, any time before 9 p.m., it just feels like a sin to eat there. Um, so that's another issue. But it's my house and my rules, so I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? So cookout is mine. 
What about you, Sam? Well, you kind of spoiled my answer. Mm. But Chick-fil-A has the peach milkshake. They have the peppermint Only milkshake. certain times do they have Okay, I will say the peppermint. The and peppermint is good. their sauce is way better than Outback's. I just discovered they have buffalo sauce. Hold but on. that is neither here. Because Chick-fil-A ranch dressing is in the bottom five ranch dressings on the entire planet. Wow, this is the garlic herb that's garbage. And I, I love Chick-fil-A <laughs> and I know that this is sin, but the garlic herb ranch dressing is despicable. <laughs> All right, well, that's this week's episode, <laughs> Garlic Herb Ranch. No, the real Chick-fil-A. reason the real reason that I would pick Chick-fil-A to have in my house is because my kids. So oh, if I have one. Chick-fil-A in my house, my kids will love me more, mm. which, perfect segue. Wow. I could try to make my kids love me more, but the question I want to talk about today is, how do we get God to love us more? That was such a professional segue right there. It is there. almost like, like you planned it. It's like you've been doing this for Be- years. Before you, before you can answer that, can I just repent for a second? There was some yeah. anger. That there was. When you thinking. said garbage, it was like a ninja star oh, to the heart. God's like, chicken nonetheless. Whew. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. Answer, please. God, Rick loves you. <laughs> We're really sorry. Um, yeah, so if you check this out, you saw the title, um, and obviously God's love and us trying to receive it and even – us trying to earn it more um, is definitely a temptation that I know I've struggled with in the, I've been a Christian for about 11 years. Uh, That's something I struggle with time and time again. Um, I know Rick and Sam would probably say the same thing too. And so in talking about God's love, um, if there's anything you take away from today, the main thing I want you to take away is that God's love cannot be earned, but it is to be enjoyed. So when it comes to God's love, it's not something that we earn. We see this time and time again in Scripture, that it's not something we earn, but it's something to enjoy. And so as as we're talking about God's love, it's really important, and we're talking about this idea, it's not something to be earned, but it's something to be enjoyed. We have to talk about what God's love is not and what God's love is. And so what God's love is not is when we think about the idea of love, the world's definition of love has been shaped by all kinds of things, but the main two things that I see time and time again are rom-coms and Disney movies, which <laughs> both great things, especially romance movies. I'm a big romance movie guy. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, classic film. Crazy Stupid Love, a banger. <laughs> uh, I mean, give me a P.S. I love you. Give me, give me a pint of Ben Jerry's. <laughs> give me a blanket. Turn up the fire. I'm in. Right. Um, But so much of our definite, when we think of the word love and when the world talks about the word love, so often the idea that is presented is this idea of, hey, if you do this, this and this, then I'll love you. But once you start you once you stop doing those things, it's over. Like I'm done. I'm done loving you. And so what happens is, is we take this viewpoint or this line of thinking when it comes to love, we take this into our relationship with God. And what happens so often is we ask the question that this title presents is, okay, God says he loves me, but how can I get him to love me more? You know, I got to do the right things that he asked me to do. And if I do those things, then he'll love me more. Right. But when we have that line of thinking, two problems arise from that line of thinking. 
and we see this throughout scripture, is we miss who God is and we miss how God has ultimately showed his love. And so what does that mean? What I mean by that is that when we think, hey, God's love is something to be earned, we miss who God is because scripture shows us that God is love. First John 4, 8 shows us that God himself is love, meaning that he doesn't just show us love, but he himself is the embodiment of love. So everything that he does flows out of love. Um, and so because of that, we, we miss who God is because we say, hey, God's love is something we can earn. But by saying that, we miss who God is at the core because who he is is love. But not only that, we miss how God has ultimately showed us that love. Because when we think about the, the ultimate act that God shows his love through is through the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? And so a lot of times when we think about that, we think, okay, for God to love me in that way, I have to clean myself up. I got to get my life together. I got to be perfect. Um, but if we look in scripture, which again, the point of this podcast is to hold up the truth of scripture against these ideas that our world presents to us. And if we look in scripture, it couldn't be any more opposite because in passages like Romans 5, 8, we see that God, yes, he did demonstrate his love through the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it's not when we were clean. It's not when we had everything together. It's not when, hey, we've read the Bible 365 days or we prayed every day or we've gone to church um, every, every Sunday of the year. It was when we were still sinners, meaning that when we were at rock bottom, when we were separated from God, when we were still what scripture says, if, if we are sinners against God, that means that we're enemies of God. That's when God ultimately showed his love for us. So for me, I think that I became a Christian. I accepted Christ, but I still didn't fully understand his love. And I think I've got a handle on it. I won't understand it until I meet him. Yeah. But um, when did it click for you? What Do you remember a moment when you were growing up or in the past 11 years, Jordan, where yeah. it kind of clicked for you that, oh, my gosh, my, God's love is unconditional? You want to take you go first? I think for me, like I struggle with that question because I think there's a danger there's a danger in answering it one way because I I don't want people to I don't think that's a destination we arrive at yeah. this side of eternity right like I think that every single day these gifts that we're given these disciplines that we're given of God's word God's ear God's all of these things are given to us and they're continually ongoing practices in our life because the more that I do them the more that I understand right like I we want everything so neatly, and I'm type A, so I get this, like to fit in the box that we want it to fit in or to be able to get to a spot that I'm like, hey, I passed Algebra 101, I'm ready for Algebra 201. And it just, I think theology and understanding God's affection for us and our affection for God and God's relationship with humanity as a whole, it's beyond our comprehension. Yeah. Like you never, like, and that's the cool thing about God for me is like, I never exhaust the well that is God's love. Yeah. Like it never runs dry. And so there's, I could, I think the cool answer would be like, we could do 47,000 podcast answers where there's been this moment on the beach, this moment in the woods, this moment in a conversation with my wife, this moment in a conversation with people that I've pastored and cared for, this moment where I was just walking through this dark situation in life that God's love has been revealed. But my hope is always found in there's, there's, there's always more of those moments. Yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's one of those, right when you ask that, 
there there's this idea with the gospel that it's something that we figure out and then we graduate from it. Uh, but what Rick just said was it's the fact that it's never something we graduate from. Uh, Tim Keller, he's a famous pastor, said that the gospel isn't the ABCs of our faith. It's the A through Z. It's everything. And so it's something that we grow deeper in the more and more that we follow Jesus. It's never a moment where, okay, I'm 42 years old. I've been following Jesus for this long. I got it all figured out. Uh, what what God's word says is that he is going to continue to work us to be made into his image until the time that we come face to face with him, right? And so there's never a time where it's like, okay, completed it, give me my diploma, give me my cap and gown, you know? Um, but one one instance, because I agree with Rick, there's been a number of different situations where I've seen it more and more, um, but especially with spiritual disciplines that we've talked about, um, there was, there was a time, I think it was during COVID, um, I was sitting and reading my Bible one day and I just had the thought, I was like, why, like, why am I doing this? You know, like if, if I really like surface level answer, I'm thinking, you know, I know it's something I was supposed to do. Part of my job is, you know, teaching it and sharing it. Right. But thinking of in the long scheme of things, when I die and I go to heaven, like, what is the purpose of this? For me to have this knowledge and to know these things, like, what's the purpose? And really in that moment, and ever since then, I'm, I'm continuing, I think I'm going to continue to learn it until the time that I'm in heaven with God for eternity, is that when we open up our Bibles to pray, or when we open up our Bibles to read, when we spend time praying to God, when we spend time with other believers where they're filling us up with God's love and we're filling them up with love. We're, we're rehearsing for eternity. It's an opportunity for us to, again, not just have Bible knowledge and not just, Hey, I prayed before I ate this meal. I'm not going to die from it. Um, or, Hey, I know I'm supposed to be a part of a community at my church, went to home group, went to Sunday school, went to small group, whatever it is for you. This is what we're going to be doing for eternity. We're going to be growing and enjoying, we're going to be growing deeper in God's love and enjoying it at its full for eternity. And we get a head start today and every day that we have left on this earth. And I think when we start to grasp that, that begins to change. Really, that changes our view of who God is, what he's called us to do. But man, ultimately that that changes us from the inside out um, to make us look more like him. I think yeah, I think one of the important things that I would add to that, I think as we those moments that you're talking about, I think are important. So I don't want people to hear like, hey, those milestone moments in your testimony are unimportant or they're hugely significant and they're hugely formative in our lives. And I think those are the moments that allow us to decide as we try to live this thing out together, who's one person that's further along in the faith that I hold on to yep. that's helping me walk this out, and then one person who's behind me that I that I can help and shepherd and care for that maybe hasn't gotten it. And it's being even in those relationships is the reminder that it's, again, it's, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a class that's done. It's not a semester that you finish and you get a grade at the end of it. It's this is, this is it. Like this is it for the believer. This is eternity. God gives us a number of gifts for us to grow in love with him. There's a number of different ways in our relationship with him. If we're, if we're Christians, there's a number of different ways that we can grow closer to him in relationship and grow in his love and enjoy his love. And there's a great book. Um, it's a lengthy one, but it's really good. Uh, it's a book called Habits of Grace by David Mathis. 
And he does a really good job of just summarizing, really, I would say, and I think I think y'all would agree too, the three biggest gifts that God gives us uh, to allow us to grow with him. And so the first one that he gives us is God's voice, meaning scripture. Uh, the second one is God's ear, so prayer, getting to talk with God. And then the third one, God's body, um, the community, the church, other believers that uh, we can share our lives with and and they can share our lives with us. And so with those three things, all of them are great. But again, this line of thinking when it comes to love, it flows into it because we look at reading our Bibles. We look at prayer. We look at spending time with other believers, whether that's in a service, whether that's in a small group, whatever that is. And a lot of times the temptation is I'm going to do these things so that God can love me more. Um, and, and what we need to realize is when it comes to re and it took me a really long time to realize this. And I think this is true for a lot of believers, uh, because a lot of times it's, you know, we know, I, I think Sam, you mentioned it last week is a lot of times we know we should be doing these things but we don't know where to start. And we also don't know why it's like, Hey, read your Bible, read your Bible, pray, go to church, do this. But it's never explained, Hey, this is why you do it. And so I think what begins to happen is we think, okay, the why has to be to get God to love me more. But if God's love is not something that we earn, but it's something to enjoy, it's not, Hey, I'm not reading my Bible or praying or doing these things in order for God to love me more, but it's actually done in a way where I can love God more in my life, in the in the in the regular rhythms of my life, by doing these things and growing closer to Him in this way, I can begin to grow in love with God more. And that and that really, when it, again, it took me a really long time to realize that. But once you do, it really gets us to the core of what it means to be a Christian. Because in Matthew 22, and this is a famous passage, uh, the greatest commandment given by Jesus, and basically Jesus is asked, hey, what is the greatest commandment? If you had to summarize the law, what would you say? And he summarizes that, hey, love God with all that you are and love others as yourself, meaning that we are to view these gifts, to view the Bible, to view prayer, to view the community of his body that we get to be a part of, not as, hey, I'm going to do these things so God loves me more, I move up the list and the people that he loves, but so I can learn more about who God is and love him more in my daily life. In this way where we're receiving God's love, we're receiving on a regular basis, we're receiving, hey, this is who God is, this is what he's done for me. This is who he calls me to be, and we're receiving that, and we're enjoying that on a regular basis, but we're not just keeping that to ourselves, uh, but we're giving it back to God and then to other people. And it's important that we have that order because a lot of times if the order is messed up, um, it, it causes a lot of problems, right? If, if, if people, If we want people to be in the right places in our lives, then God first has to be in the right place in our heart. Right. And so we receive this love from God. We enjoy it. We 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 build our lives on it. And by doing so, we give that love back to God as the ultimate uh, place in our hearts. We give that to him. And then we go out and we love others in the way that he's first loved us. And so I know that was a lot. Uh, but all that to say, when it comes to God's love, it really what it boils down to, it's not something we earn but it's something we enjoy. And so with those three gifts that God gives us, his, his voice, his ear, his body, 
Um, and with that foundation of God's love not being something that we earn, but it being something we enjoy. Thanks for spending some time with us on the Grace and the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak into the gray areas of culture.